Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Hey, what's going on? It's Josh Marion, Ty Anderson, Cam and Ton, and Matt Framingham. We're talking your Bruins tonight. Off-season talk. Cam, give a give a question for Ty. All right, uh, Ty. First of all, thank you for coming on with us tonight. Glad to have you here. Um, I want to ask you. It's been a month now since the season ended. In looking back, I think we all agree that the season as a whole was a success. It was a season that started off with low expectations. By the time we reached November, there were expectations of high lottery. They wind up going on a run, almost winning the President's Trophy and going to the second round. The season as a whole was success. Was that playoff series against Tampa a failure? Well, yeah, I think it has to be when you you go, what, almost three, four games without a five-on-five goal from a forward. I, there's no way around that, really, in a lot of ways. And I think that when you're talking about that series, you're talking about you know maybe three or four players that showed up and the rest of the team really let you down. You know, you relied on one line, which was sort of the the opposite of what you were all season. You had a great first line, yes, but you had more than just that line going. And it seemed that at the worst possible time, everybody went cold. You know, even your fourth line, which was sort of your your bread and butter of you put these guys out there and you're going to get the same shift no matter what, those guys faded as well. And ultimately, you know, you find out the injuries, whatever, they're an excuse whatever you want to make it. But that Tampa team was just a lot better too. So it's it's sort of a mixed bag in my opinion. But ultimately, when you go, you know, like I said, three games without a five-on-five goal from forward, you're asking for trouble. I think no matter who is on your first line, no matter how potent your wings are, that's going to that's gonna end your season. Simple as that. So, Ty, I, have a simple... Good, so, Ty I, I had a question for you as it relates to the future of the Bruins, and that is, uh, if you're Don Sweeney, what is the number one priority this offseason? Yeah, I think you need to get a left-handed defenseman uh, who can play behind Chara. You know, whether you move out Krug or Grizzlick, you know, I, I don't know. I, would, I wouldn't I would move Krug, if I'm being honest. I think 59 points is 59 points, especially from your back end. I, I think that's really tough to move on from. You can look at it that way or you can look at it and say, okay, well, it's the maximum of, you know, his value is ever going to be. So maybe move on for that reason. But ultimately, you need a guy that you can put behind there and, and rely on to play 22, 23 minutes and give you some good offense and good defense. But listen, those guys are hard to find. I think that's, that's what everybody wants in this league. And the lightning guy with McDonough, and you look at the price they paid, I mean, that, that is a steep price. And, you know, does Don Sweeney have the stomach to part with those picks and those players and those prospects? You know, ultimately I would say you should, uh, but we'll have to see what he does. But, uh, but listen, I mean, if you're telling me, you know, what you need right now to be a Stanley Cup contender, it is that left side defenseman. I, I look at Hannafin and I look at Jacob Slavin and, those are two guys I say, yes, absolutely. Go go all in on one of those players. All right. And then, so my next question is this. And I, I, I asked this question because, you know, you know a lot more about hockey than I do. So I will ask you, is that out on the free agent market or is it in the draft? Or is this just one of those cases where Don Sweetie is going to really have to create something out of the ordinary? 
Yeah, I think if you look at the free agent market, it's it's not a lot of, of great options. I think once you get past John Carlson, uh, you know, Calvin Tahani is a good option, but he's not a, a game changer. He's not going to change your expectations on the season, I don't think. So that's one, you know, I, I scratch off the free agent market, the draft. You know, you have Zaboral, you have Jeremy Lazan, you have Emilio Hansen, and then you have uh, Euro Vakanainen as well. So I look at that and I say, you don't need another one of those guys. You need a guy who can step in right now. You know, Chara's not getting any younger. Uh, Bergeron, Krejci, Bacchus, these guys are not getting any younger. Tuka Rask, I think you have maybe one or two more solid to good seasons before it really starts to get a little bit dicey with him at that price point. Uh, so I look at this and I say, you know, their window is now. You know, before all these contracts kick in with these younger players where you got to pay them, you have this sort of two to, I would say, one to two-year window here where you can buy big. Uh, so for me, that comes back to the trade market where Sweeney's going to have to build a package. and We really haven't seen that yet. The Nash deal was the closest thing to it. So he has work cut out for him, I think, and it's, it's going to really test him uh, in terms of what he has a willingness to part with, uh, you know, to get that player. Ty, you yeah, mentioned some of the sal- you mentioned some of the salaries on this team, Ty. I mean, you look at uh, obviously they have to pay McAvoy a lot of money to keep him because McAvoy looks like a, one of the best young demon in the NHL. You know, DeBrusque had a breakout year. All these young talent, they have bad contracts on this team with you know seven and a half for Krejci, six for Backus, seven for Rask. I mean, I like Rask like you do, but I'm not going to say he's not overpaid. Do you see any way possible that they can shed either Krejci or Backus this offseason? You know, I, I I don't think they're going to just yet. I, I, I really don't. I, I think that they've tried with Krejci before. As the market wasn't as good as they thought it was. Backus, I mean, that is a poison pill contract. No one's going to take that on, especially after what is his fourth confirmed concussion. It's just that no one's touching that. You know, Tuca, I think the, the, the ship has sort of sailed with him uh, in terms of trading him. I think their best bet at moving him was in 2015 when they were moving Lucic and Hamilton. I think that was sort of your, your time to strike. And, and now you're looking at him and, and, you know, this is sort of, I think you're in a way, and, and listen, I like the goalie, uh, but I think you're stuck with him in a way. I don't think teams are going to be bat, banging down walls to acquire 31-year-old Tuka Rask anymore. So one of those situations where, you know, I think that those contracts are all immovable. You know, it's a matter of the salary cap rising and how that benefits you now. It's, it's clear you're not going to shed these guys without retaining some sort of salary. So you may as well see what you can get out of them. You know, I, I, I know that in 2015 they tried, or in 2016 they explored moving uh, Krejci, and it never sort of materialized, and the sense I get is that he likes being here. So I don't see him waiving his no-move clause either. So they're kind of stuck with these guys, I think, and and that's a good thing and a bad thing, depending on which version of these players you get. Ty, uh, a question about a certain uh, player on the Bruins, Brad Marchand. Is his image repairable? Uh, No. No, he's always going to be this guy, and it's just a matter of minimizing his damage, I guess, to his reputation to the team by way of suspensions and fines. You know, it's very clear that the next time he does something, he's getting whacked with a 10- to 15-gamer. You know, there's no way around it. He's been given every break, every possible uh, sort of, you know, they, they give him every ounce of leeway they can, and it seems that he continues to sort of create trouble, and, and you know, he can't really avoid it. But I'll say this. He was very you know, contrite and apologetic at his year-end uh, press conference. The team really spoke to him, I think, and they're really trying to say, you got to stop this. You're actually going to hurt our team. And so, you know, maybe this is the final straw where it finally clicks for him, but we've been here before, right? He's 29 years old. You know, he, he's not get, he, he's one of these guys. I think he's just set in his ways that it's going to flare up every now and then. His brain will turn off at some point, and he'll get himself in trouble. 
It's just a matter of how many games he's going to miss the next time it happens. So I mean, is, Jake DeBrusque, is Jake DeBrusque the Jason Tatum of, of the Bruins? Well, I think that, that title belongs to McAvoy, but I would say that, that DeBrusque is sort of the uh, the Terry Rozier of that group, if you want to make a Celtics comparison, a guy who, when you drafted him, was sort of criticized for maybe not being the best pick at that spot. Uh, and then you see him, and he's just a total gamer. I mean, he knows he knows what to do. He knows how to, how to play the playoffs. I mean, this is a player that people will criticize those three picks for as long as they're in the NHL, if they make it, in the case of Sinishin and Zaboral. Uh, but that pick with DeBrusque is a home run. I mean, this this player has everything you want out of an NHL player. Uh, and he's going to be a piece that I think that you're going to be pleasantly surprised with the way they build around him uh, in years to come. Ty, do you believe Don Sweeney when he says that they want to bring Rick Nash back next season? I do. I do because I, I think that the biggest thing for them is they look at sort of some of the other things that he was able to create, uh, his scoring chances, five-on-five play, puck possession. These are all things that they sort of covet uh, for Krejci's wing. And, and you look at the internal options, they don't really have a lot of guys there that would make a lot of sense. You know, Donato, they like him on the left side. They like him at center more than they like him on the right side as well, I think. So this is a, this is a player that I, I do think if the price is right and if the deal can make sense, and when I say that, I mean a one-year deal for maybe 5 mil, 5.25 around there. I wouldn't be surprised if they give it one more go, you know, to see if he's fully healthy, see if he's willing to make a sacrifice to win. Uh, you know, so maybe that price is even lower and the term is lower. But I do think they like him. I, I really do. And, and I think there's a little bit of damage control at the same time where you part with a first-round pick, you know, a prospect and two players. And I think you want to see a, a, an extended look with a player of that caliber than just a rental of a second-round failure. Ty, do you believe it? Specific- go ahead, Matt. Ty, what specifically was the double one reason why the Lightning had to spend the way to get the Bulls to the playoffs? Well, I would say that the, the biggest thing for me was the, you're talking about a defense that uh, likes to join the rush. They like to create things, and, and they really stifle you to the neutral zone. I think that was one of the biggest things I noticed is that it was really tough for the Bruins to get in behind Tampa Bay's defense. You were talking about defense pairing that, or defense pairings rather that, that had an active puck move run each one. Uh, whether it was Sergachev or McDonough or Hedman. I mean, that was a lot for them to get through. And I think that was a, a big change for them going from Toronto to Tampa Bay, uh, where you noticed that, that the defense of the Tampa Bay Lightning was a lot, a lot better than what the Leafs were throwing at the Bruins in round one. Ty, yeah. to, to, to piggyback off of what we talked about Nash, do you believe part of the reason why they want to keep Nash is they want to salvage something from what looks like right now a very bad trade? Well, I think that has to be part of the reason, right? I mean, this was a player that he looked pretty good when he was healthy, uh, and then he got the concussion, and he really wasn't the same. You wonder if he sort of rushed himself back uh, in a way. So I look at it and say, okay, well, if they can extend this into another year and they get a little bit farther, does that trade look better? You know, possibly. I mean, it all comes at a cost, though. I, I, I don't go two years with Nash. I really don't. I don't, I don't go two years. It's a one-year deal. You, you truly give him one more chance to prove that he's not – what he was in the playoffs and, and that he can get a full year with, with, with Krejci with Bergeron, whichever line you want to put him on, and they can really make some magic happen. And, you know, for me, I saw it in spurts. It's just a matter of seeing it over the 82-game sample size. I mean, if you're asking me, though, what I would do, I mean, I'm a little bit reluctant to bring him back just because this is sort of who he's been his, enti- his entire pro career uh, in terms of the playoff production and what he does there. So 
I don't really know if you want to bank on a 34-year-old Rick Nash changing his stripes during the postseason. Ty, uh, Stanley Cup Finals, uh, game four tonight. Is the clock about to strike midnight for the Vegas Golden Knights, in your opinion? You know, I really hope not. I mean, they're a really great team. They're a fun team to watch. You know, I, I think that they have another win in them. I think the series goes back to, to Vegas tied 2-2. The biggest thing, though, for the Knights is they have to get more than one line scoring. We, you know, we just talked about this with the Bruins. I mean, it really seems to be a thing with the, with the Knights right now where their other lines cannot get going. Uh, so I think to get that going, get some scoring from your second and your third lines can really make a difference. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, I'm seeing stuff from the Caps that we just haven't seen in years past. The commitment, the small plays, the depth scoring. You know, Devontae Smith-Telly has been a great, great addition for this team this year, especially in the postseason, I find. Uh, so, so this is a guy that, you know, they didn't have these players on, on Capitals' failures of the years past. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things. I would like to see this series go longer. We're not getting an NBA Finals this year. That's very clear to me. Uh, so I'd like to see a Stanley Cup Final go beyond five games. Uh, so maybe that's my own, you know, rooting interest here, hoping for the Knights to extend this series. I mean, Ty, I agree with you. I, I do want to move back to the Bruins for a second, Ty. I do want to ask you, uh, now obviously they don't have a first-round pick this year after they traded one away to get Rick Nash. Do you see? Do you think that they want to get back in that first round, or do you think they're content with where they are? Yeah, I think they want to get back in, but the problem is that it's going to get harder as, as the weeks and days go on here. It's one of those situations where the draft combine happened, so now all these teams with first-round picks, they had chances to sort of interview players that they may like and maybe discover some players they didn't know they liked. You know, so, so now it becomes harder. I, I think that's the way it is. It gets harder and harder the closer you get to the draft. And ultimately, teams know that, the, you know, if the Bruins want back in on the first round, it's because they've targeted a player. So you know what that does? That, that drives the price up even more. Next thing you know, you're talking about you're moving prospect A, B, and a pick, you know, somewhere in the second day just to get back in the first round. And who knows if your guy is going to be there at that point. So I think they have an interest, yes. Uh, but in terms of if it's doable, I would say it's a little bit doubtful, in my opinion. So, Ty, what do you think? Ty, what do you think about these fans that are saying, you know, that the Knights shouldn't win in the first year that they played? There's, you know, obviously the Capitals and other teams have waited longer. What do you think about that take? You know, I think you blame your crappy GMs for for not putting your teams in better situations. Don't blame the Knights for 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 finding success in the first year. You know, I look at this Knights roster, and I don't say that any team that lost a player truly lost a piece of their franchise. You know, I don't, I don't look at that. You know, I blame the, the, the Panthers for being dumb enough to say, you know, here's Marchessault if you take Riley Smith. I mean, that's insane. Why, you know, why would you do that if you're, if you're the GM of another team? It's, just, it's one of those situations where, you know, the own ineptitude of a GM should not reflect on, you know, how deserving you are as a fan of, of, of your team winning a championship. You should demand more accountability out of your team. You know, and so totally I think that agree. the rules are the rules. You know, the rules are the rules. But ultimately, I think that this is better for the league. This is way better than, than having them come in and draft 24th liners and third-pairing defensemen and, and be 15 and 65. This is way better. And, and I think anyone who doesn't realize that is just being a dummy. Totally here's, a take, agree, here's a take that I wanted to get from everybody. Is the NHL the most least-fixed league out of all of them? Huh. Now we know. Cam, you go first. <laughs> Is it, uh, uh, Josh, can you repeat the question? The NHL is the most least fixed league out of all of them, considering everything, refs, 
you know. The least fi- the least fixed league. Uh, ultimately, no, because I don't know how you can fix a baseball game. So I would say it's third. <laughs> uh, but if you're talking about just refs and umpires, uh, no. But you've seen on three occasions this year a player get called for high sticking when he high sticked himself. So I mean, when you we saw that with Victor Hedman twice, and I believe it happened once again in the Stanley Cup final. So, no, I don't think hockey is fixed like the NBA. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I'll answer it this way. The officiating has blown chunks in this postseason. And, by the way, uh, Mike from Woburn's favorite uh, referee, Keith Sutherland, is on the uh, game four tonight. So, uh, look out for Mike on Twitter. But as far as the officiating blowing chunks, it's blown chunks. Is it fixed? Absolutely not. Because if it was fixed, they would have asked the Penguins to to win three cups in a row. So I, I mean, it's just it, it, it's a problem the league has got to address because it comes down to two things: it comes down to the rules and it comes down to replay. Replay has been awful in this postseason. The rules are not clear, they're not precise, and they're not consistent. That's my take. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think that you know the, the what helps the NHL is that. In terms of if you're if you're talking about fixing and referees being crooked, it's that the NHL is the least amount of, of human control, if you will. It's a, it's a puck rolling around at ridiculous speeds, off sticks and deflections and what have you. So you're taking the human element out of it, I think, more so than the other sports. You know, at the same time, I, I agree with you guys that the refereeing has been terrible across the board all postseason. I would like to see some form of review here or some sort of challenge. You've seen this in the past with, you know, if they think a goal goes in the net and play continues, they'll blow the whistle and stop play to review it. I think that would be very simple to have an eye in the sky who's re- reviewing penalties who can say, no, 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 this, this is not a power play. That, that guy, his own stick hit him, or his own player clipped him, things of that nature. So I would like to see that. I know some GMs and coaches would like to see that as well. Uh, but these things, they take years to, to materialize, as we all know. So, But I think that given where this postseason has gone in terms of the bad calls, and bad officiating, and game-altering, series-altering calls and non-calls, I think you're going to see uh, the coaches and players come together and find a resolution here uh, sometime in the next two years, I would I would hope, anyway. All right, Ty, Sorry. while we have you on, I have a, a weak question concerning a, uh, a team in the NHL. Um, Dan Quinn, the latest to go from college to the pros, BU to the New York Rangers. What do you think about that move? Well, it's a great move, I think, if you look at sort of what Quinn has been able to do. I I haven't met a player who said a single bad thing about him. Uh, And you look at the way the league is trending. The league wants player-friendly coaches. It's just the way it's going. You know, guys like Claude Julien and guys, uh, you know, if you remember uh, uh, Mark Crawford and uh, and Mike Keenan, I mean, this school of thought here where, you know, you're a hard-ass coach who's going to, you know, rip your players a new one. It's a little bit harder in today's NHL for whatever reason. You know, even John Tortorella had a sort of change in his style and reinvent who he was because players would tune him out. You know, Mike Sullivan is a guy who in Pittsburgh has experienced a ton of success, but he also had to change who he was and, and change his personality and his demeanor. You know, it's just the way the league is trending now. So I think that's a good move for the Rangers. You know, Elaine Vigneault lost that room. I think that's the, the biggest thing that you can look at and sort of their failures and their systematic shortcomings. Uh, so I think that that's a good move and, and – we're seeing it now. You know, Hackstall did it with the Flyers going right from NCAA to the pros. Uh, Montgomery's doing it now in Dallas, going from Denver to Dallas. 
Uh, and it's just you're going to see more of it. You know, Providence has a great coach, yeah. Nate Lehman. I think he's the next guy to do it, whether he does it now or three or four years from now is another story. But this is the way the league is going, I think. Ty, I do have to ask you a simple question about some of the Bruins' secondhand free agents, guys like Riley Nash, Tim Scheller. Obviously, guys like on the third, their third and fourth line played a major role last season in terms of their regular season success. Do you see any of those guys coming back, or do you think the Bruins want to commit those positions to guys like Forsbacher Carlson, Trent Frederick, and guys like that? You know, I think it's an interesting question because I, I think that there is some mutual interest on all on you know from all parties involved. Uh, the biggest problem, though, is that you want to maintain flexibility. You know, next thing you know, if I mean, if you're if you're paying Riley Nash and Tim Schaller after career years, next thing you know, you don't have cap to re-sign one of your prospects. You know, and that's a dangerous game. We've 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 seen this firsthand with Shirelli and the Bruins and how they, you know, they overpriced themselves into cap trouble years and years ago. And it's one of those situations where. It's great to have a core, but it's better to have flexibility. You know, I think that's a real thing now, especially in your bottom six. You know, I think a, a guy like Schaller, he wants to be here. You know, he, he likes it here. But the problem is he wants to get paid, and rightfully so, a career year from an undrafted free agent. And do the Bruins pay him? I really don't know. I can tell you they didn't have any talks during the season or postseason about it, and I don't know if anything's going to really change on that front. Riley Nash is another guy who maybe the injury saves him some money, but doesn't save them in years, too. Uh, so it's one of those things where I, you know, I think you there's a value in keeping at least one of those guys, uh, but the price has to has to work, or, or you're just going to run yourself into trouble. Right. So I do want to go ahead, Matt. Go ahead, Cam. Cam, you go first. Okay, and Ty, like these people who say Vegas making the Cup final is bad for the league, like do you? I mean, do you think it's bad because it gives guys like I think. When it comes to the upcoming expansion that you're going to see in Seattle and probably back in Canada. Well, do you think that's good for the league, or do you think it's bad for the league that Vegas in their first year is in the cup final? No, it's great because now you're going to sell tickets in Seattle because there's going to be that same hope. Whether or not it materializes is another story, but I think that you've, you've sparked the idea that any team can come in and compete right away, which I think is huge if you're, you know, if you're a team that – if you're a city that wants a team, you look at that and you say, that can be us. Let's, let's get in. Let's throw the expansion fee down we'll throw down the $600 million or whatever it costs to get in this league because they think they can win right off the bat. And that makes a gigantic difference. You look at the gate, uh, the gate numbers and the gate attendance and the figures and the money that they've piled in in Vegas this year, it's incredible. You know, if you're Seattle, you want a part of that as soon as you can. Same thing for Quebec City. Same thing for Houston. Whoever's next after that. I think that these are some real, you know, this is a real success story, I think, for the league as a whole, and it's going to make the league better. You know, this idea that you're going to water down the talent is ridiculous. There's enough free agents to build three more teams in this league. There's enough prospects in the minors to build two more teams. It's one of those things where the league will not get watered down. The league will only improve uh, based on everything when you're talking about salary cap, uh, you know, bumps that will come as a result of these teams and their success. And, Ty, before you uh, get out of here, I do want to ask you a couple Bruins over under questions, if that's okay with you. Sure. Brad Marchand goals next year, over under 35 and a half. Uh, I'll go under because he's going to get suspended for some stupid. <laughs> so, so you really believe when Marshan gets whacked again, you're, he's getting 10, 15 games if he gets suspended again? Absolutely. There's, there's no way around it because they've let him off the hook so many times. But think about the past two years, the Cronwall trip, the Tavares uh, blatant clear as day interference. I mean, he, he's going to make a mistake like this. And whether it's intentional or not, you know, it, it's a different, it doesn't matter. It, it's going to be his, his, like, 11th time getting in trouble with the league. They're going to have to hit him with something big. 
Yeah, I want to ask you over under David Pasternak goals twenty nine and a half. Oh, over. I think this he's a superstar. I think this is going to be a real thing next year. You're going to see this. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a forty forty player. I really wouldn't. He he has that skill set. He has that game breaking ability. I mean, he's gotten better every year. So I, I'm not ready to start doubting his uh, his ceiling just yet. And then I got Ty, two more for you. First, uh, Matt, let me get these out, then you can uh, ask him. Two more over-unders okay. for you. Charlie McAvoy's second contract, over-under $8.5 million a year. Over. It'll be under. They'll, they'll do something similar to a bridge deal. Uh, I, I think when I say bridge deal, I mean, you know, five years, six and a half or seven mil per. I don't think he's at that eight and a half point uh, just yet, but who knows? I mean, there's a lot of time between now and then, right? We could see a Doughty contract or an Eric Carlson co- contract that really changes the game. So, if I'm the Bruins, I, I want to get this guy as soon as, 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 as soon as possible. And over under uh, Stanley Cups won by Tyler Sagan, point five. Uh, under that team, I mean that team has so many problems with it. It's not even funny. I, I think that you know I, I I can't see that team winning next year. Ben Bishop, I think he's an okay goalie, but he's not a goalie that's going to win the West, in my opinion. Uh, so so I go under there as well. And I did think of this uh, one more. Over, under, uh, seasons played by Zidane Ochara, one. Uh, over. He, want, he, he wants to play until I, I – I think he wants to play until he's 43 or 44. I really do. He, he doesn't think the ceiling is coming for him. He is Tom Brady uh, hockey version. Uh, I, one, last question, one last question from me before we let you go. Uh, David Krejci, um, is he going to be able to turn his career around? Uh, no, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, it's one of those things where I think that he is what he is at this point. The biggest thing for me, though, is that it, can he revitalize his playoff potency? You know, that's the biggest thing. I can deal with him putting up 50 points, 55 points in the regular season if he produces in the playoffs. But if you see what you saw this year, which in my opinion was a soft 10 points, okay. you know, it, it's one of those things where I, I, I would have my concerns then because he is paid – because of his playoff performance. You know, you can deal with the quiet regular seasons because he was a playoff guy. Uh, he needs to find that level again and be a true game-breaker. And, you know, if I'm the Bruins, the first thing I do to address that is I put and I, I reunite Pasternak and Krejci. I think that's, that's a, a great combination. It will balance some of your scoring, and I think you go from there. And that's the best bet at sort of, sort of revitalizing, if you will, or reinvigorating Krejci's game. All right, I appreciate you coming up. I want everybody's closing thoughts here because I think Cam asked one of the most, not that it's an outlandish question, but one of the most laughable questions I've heard in a while. Even giving Tyler Sagan a .5 in <laughs> the over-under of winning a championship, it's never going to happen. He is like Carmelo Anthony. He is like James Harden of the NHL. He's never winning yeah, I mean, one. He- yeah, he's got these gaudy stats, and he's made some progress as a player in terms of his willingness to compete and what have you. But, listen, I, I, if, if Ken Hitchcock can't fix you, I don't know who can. You know, who can Ty, we, Ty we heard Michael Connell say years ago that the Bruins wouldn't have won with Joe Thornton. Do you believe it's taking heading down a road like that, too? You know, I, I don't think he's going to win in Dallas. You know, he's still, he's still so damn young. You know, he, he's so young. I never I, – I don't want to cross him off completely. It's just – I don't see his personality in that culture in that city winning a title. I just I, just I mean, look at Ovechkin. It. Ovechkin's incredible, and he hasn't won one yet. He, he's still looking at the Vegas Golden Knights. Like if they if the gold if the Knights tie it up tonight, like <laughs> yeah, Ovechkin's and he's, still and he's in his looking at failure. 
Yeah, and he's in his mid-30s now. So, it's gonna, you know, sometimes for guys it takes a while or it just never happens. We look at a Ginla. We look at Joe Thornton maybe. You know, sometimes some guys just don't win. You know, and, and listen, Sagan won early, and he played a part in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, but, you know, you do want, wonder if he can truly be that franchise piece to carry you there. Personally, I don't see it. Uh, he's going to get paid like it, you know, a year, two years from now. Uh, but it's one of those situations where I, I don't see him being the centerpiece of a team that wins the Stanley Cup. I just don't see it. Is McAvoy going to be a Hall of Famer eventually? <laughs> well, there's a long way to go between now and then. But, but listen, he's a 20-year-old kid who is a top-pairing defenseman already on what was maybe the best pairing in the NHL last year in terms of what they generated versus what they surrendered. So I, I, I like the player a lot. I really do. Uh He's a guy that you can build a franchise around. You know, what, where do you go from there? Uh, you know, we'll we'll have to wait and see. But you, you can't look at that player and have any doubts at this point. You know, he just needs to be healthy. And he, he needs to be – his mindset is where it's, I think it should be moving forward. And that that's the signs of a, you know, of a, of a, of a great player. Yeah, I think McAvoy is going to be the Tom Brady of the defensive line for the Bruins. Oh, it'd be great, right? I mean, you gotta you gotta have somebody like that, or or your franchise, you will be the Flyers, you know. And no nobody in Boston wants that. Say that much. <laughs> That's for sure, Ty. Uh, thanks for coming on tonight uh, with us tonight, Ty. Absolutely, anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. Take care. You too. All right, Josh, we can get to some Red Sox if you want to do that. <laughs> the Sox. I mean, wow. Socks. I'm surprised they, you know, like I said yesterday, I'm surprised they didn't get swept. When I was when I was telling you that off the air, that was my ultimate prediction for this series that they were getting swept and five four in uh, the third game and nine to three in the second game. It's, you know, I'm I'm really pulling at straws with the Red Sox. It's just finding everything to be upset about as a Boston sports fan, just like every other team, but. I mean, I, I will say, I mean, I didn't watch the game last night. I was watching the finals for the most part. I don't know about you guys. Uh, but it's just like the fact that they went down there and they were slated to face all, three of the Astros, four best pitchers, with the exception of Keiko. They were slated to face uh, Cole, Verlander, and Morton. I marked those up as three. I thought that they lost the opener, they were going to get swept. And they lost the opener badly. And we like, I, I think anybody with a set of eyes can see that Chris Sale has just not been the same pitcher this year that he was last year. And I'm starting to worry about him. And so the fact that they salvaged the final two games of that series against a team that has absolutely owned them over the last two years. Because if you guys remember, it wasn't just the playoffs last year. They played the Astros in the second-to-last series of the year, and the Astros destroyed them. And I, I knew right then and there that that team was going nowhere in the playoffs. So the fact that you were able to salvage a split in their ballpark against the best team in – I don't care what the record says. The Astros are the best team in baseball. They're the most talented team. Their lineup and their rotation are loaded. Their bullpen's an issue – uh, but the, the, I'm sure they'll address that. You salvage a split with that team. That's a job well done on the road. Again, the biggest series of the year. Ben Intendi coming up big. Uh, David Price pitching a great game. Then Porcello following it up the next night. I don't know how you can't be happy with the fact that they got a split out of that series. Yeah, I think uh, I think Matt Framingham has left us. I got I got a ride as well. But um, we'll, we'll talk. You, we'll, you want to we'll do final again. thoughts, or you got to get going right now? <laughs> yeah, I gotta I gotta get going. All right, no problem, man. Uh, well, I guess I'll talk to you Wednesday night when we got Big Jim on. All righty. All right? All right, man. All right, thanks. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.